Dark Secrets. Hi, I'm Amy Smith. And I'm LaDonna Humphrey. Welcome to Deep Dark Secrets, a podcast that shines a light in some very dark places. And today we're going to shine that light on someone with a very dark past. His name was Jeffrey Epstein. For those of you who might not know, he was the wealthy convicted sex offender that was arrested on sex trafficking and conspiracy charges over allegations that between 2002 and 2005, that he paid young girls, girls as young as age 14, for sex, and then used those very girls to recruit other young girls. He had quite a trafficking scam going on. Epstein absolutely gives me the creeps. He just disgusts me. The things that he's done and and the, the power and control that he had over these these young kids, but I need to try to set the stage for his crime so that people can understand a little bit more about him. So in March, 2005, dozens of accusations surfaced against him for sexual abuse. The investigation into these allegations uncovered years, years of sex trafficking and sexual exploitation of dozens of underage women. I mean, just think about that. I mean, years with dozens of underage girls. It makes me sick. And, oh, it's just, oh. it's just, it's heartbreaking. But in July of 2019, he was finally arrested in New Jersey, where, of course, he pled not guilty to the accusations, even though there was over 100 survivors that talked about this abuse. Oh, that's just disgusting to me and i the guy gives me you said something earlier you said uh you thought he was a creep i'm sorry looking at his photos he gives me old man pedophile vibe Mm -hmm. which is what he was oh yeah with the hair on the back of your neck standing up when he walks into a room yeah just absolutely disgusting well the interesting thing about this case and there's lots to say about this case but one of the the things that really caught my eye was the fact that Epstein's ex-girlfriend, this British socialite, Ghislaine Maxwell, she was also prosecuted and charged with assisting Epstein with transporting these underage girls to his homes in like New York, New Mexico, and her home in London. And she was also accused, charged, and later convicted for engaging in some of that sexual abuse. That's just, I can't even imagine. No, I, I don't understand that. And, and then to complicate this case even further, after Epstein was charged and while he was awaiting his trial for the federal trafficking sex charges, he was found dead in his New York jail cell. There's a lot of controversy around that. Some say suicide, some say murder. We won't mm-hmm. get into that today, not on this episode, but... We're just kind of setting the stage about how this happened and and what his final demise was. Yeah. Ironic that he died before he could talk about anything, but uh, that's for another show. Despite that he is now gone, um, his ex-girlfriend, Maxwell, she's still on the hook for her part in all these crimes. So she's, you know, literally left holding the bag. So she was charged with six counts 
related to Epstein's sex trafficking. So I'm going to spell them out here. Um, there was one count of enticement of a minor to travel to engage in illegal sex acts. And there was another count of transportation of a minor with the intent to engage in illegal sex acts. And yet another count of sex trafficking of a minor and then three counts of conspiracy. The case against her largely consisted of the testimony and experience of four of the survivors. Two of them, we're not going to use their real name, so we're just going to call them Jane and Kate. And then there's two others, that would be Carolyn and then Annie Farmer. So the girl we're going to refer to as Jane, she testified that she met Epstein and Maxwell when she was just 14 years old. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm sorry. I hate to. I have a, I have a, a daughter who's 13. Yeah, 14 years old. And you've got this couple just like swoofing down on them like, you know, like a couple of buzzards circling the dead. I, I just that, that whole tag team thing. It's, it's bad enough when you've got some creepy guy doing it. But when you've got a female that's yeah. helping him do this it just goes to another level of of disgust it does and when I think about my you know when I think about my kids my 13 year old my 16 year old they're just that they're kids mm-hmm. yep. I just I just can't imagine I I'm I'm not gonna get on the soapbox I'm gonna let you continue go ahead yeah well and you know the the girl that we're calling Jane you know she stopped being a kid at 14 yeah they took everything away but so She's saying that she was abused by both Epstein and Maxwell in Florida and Manhattan until she was 16. So she had two years of this abuse. And she explained that sometimes Maxwell would be involved while Epstein was abusing her, which I I can't even. And then one time Maxwell instructed her on how to massage Epstein. Ew. Yeah, I just, all sorts of just nasty. So we've got this other girl that we're going to refer to as Kate. She testified that she met Maxwell when she was 17 years old and that Maxwell reached out to her to see if she would be interested in giving Epstein a massage, even though she wasn't a massage therapist or wasn't in school to become a massage therapist. So Maxwell continued to call her for this favor and even invite her on trips with them. Or they would speak to Kate about sexual topics. Ooh, ooh! I just have to say, you know, obviously massage is a big thing for him. You can go to Massage Envy, pay 80 bucks, call it a day. So, you know. I don't think that his body is that tense. He wanted young girls to touch his body because he was a nasty old pedophile. He just, this, this, this whole case infuriates me. Well, and then, you know, his girlfriend is gathering them like flowers. I mean, she's just calling one upon one upon one saying that, Hey, do you give massages? My boy over here needs to, to have a rub down. So anyway, I just, I just can't. So, okay. So that was their testimony. And then we've got Carolyn. 
So she testified that there again, his girlfriend Maxwell had physically touched her. (sighs) And then Annie Farmer is our last one. She testified that she was flown to one of Epstein's properties where Maxwell was waiting to tell her to get undressed and then to give Epstein a, a massage. Oh, and, and, and he, she's flown there. I mean, really, she's trafficked. Yeah. It's trafficking. That's what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, as horrible as that is, there is a little bit of light to the story because these girls were so brave that they were able to give their testimony in court in front of strangers so they could put a stop to what Maxwell and Epstein had been doing. You know, I understand Epstein's already dead. He's not necessarily going to pay in this world, quote unquote, for what he did, he had done, but Maxwell would. So in this, and that's, I think that's so commendable of these girls that they found the courage to do that. And, In December of 2021, because of their bravery, Maxwell was found guilty on five of the six charges. And, you know, and then while that's a victory, there are still a lot of questions that surround Epstein and Maxwell Mm -hmm. and this place that I think you're going to be familiar with, everyone, called Little St. James. And Little St. James was that 75-acre private paradise that Epstein owned in the U.S. Virgin Islands. According to a criminal complaint, I've got it here in front of me, from the Attorney General of the U.S. Virgin Islands, they described Little St. James as this, the perfect hideaway and haven for trafficking of young women and underage girls for sexual servitude, child abuse, and sexual assault. Wow. Talk about a marketing slogan. I just... I got really teary when I read that the first time. And the complaint goes on to say, on this island, Epstein and his associates, that word breaks my heart, associates, because you know there were a lot of them. Yep. On this island, the complaint says, Epstein and his associates, and that word associates kills me, that plural. It's just horrible. They could avoid detection of all of their illegal activity from people in the Virgin Islands and from federal law enforcement. And not only that, and this is the part that will take your breath away when you really think about it, is that because they're on this island, it prevents these young women and underage girls from leaving freely and escaping the abuse. Wow. And it was in the Virgin Islands that Epstein registered as a sex offender in 2010 following his first conviction for child prostitution in 2008. Whoa, wait, what, what happened in 2008? I know, right? I said that too, as I'm going through this, I'm like, what did he do? I'm glad you asked because in June of 2008, Amy Epstein pled guilty to state charges one count of soliciting prostitution and one count of soliciting prostitution from someone under the age of 18. I know. And get this. He was only sentenced to 18 months in jail. He had a secret agreement that was made with his attorneys and the U S attorney's office where they agreed not to prosecute him for federal crimes. And he got a really cush sentence. It's my understanding that he worked like 16 hours a day in some sort of work release program. I mean, he did not 
get what he deserved for those crimes. No hard time. No, I mean, totally unfair. And obviously the uh, sex offender registry really did wonders for him since no one ever flagged that he had this private island or he was doing all the things with all children that he was gathering and taking there. Well, everything I've read about Epstein is that, you know, he he had this property in New Mexico. He had this place in Florida. He had this home in New York. He had this island. Everything was like a fortress in its own little Epstein world, especially in the Virgin Islands. And so, I mean, it was his own community. He could do what he wanted. He he didn't follow the law. He um, He was the law. He was the law. Yeah. True definition of a predator for sure. Oh, that he was. And and think about it. If he had been properly punished in 2008, he might not have had all of these other victims. In fact, he wouldn't have most likely. And so mm-hmm. there, this was definitely a tra- travesty of justice. I mean, I think it's it's horrible. It truly was. But it seems that everything that Epstein did was just simply overlooked. Oh, I agree. I was reading extensively about Epstein the past couple of days, and I came across um, some comments from people in the Virgin Islands that had sort of witnessed this happening, you know, from afar. And one of the comments was this, and it, it just it just has stuck with me. They said the kind of wealth that Epstein had made it almost impossible for him to be policed it made it almost impossible for him to be controlled. It made it impossible for people to really dig deep and find out what he was doing because he was so well insulated with his wealth. And that was the truth. I mean, he was a wealthy pedophile. Well, yeah. And he was wealthy that, you know, just makes me think who did he hang out with? Cause you know, you hang out with your people. So who were the other people that were extremely wealthy and flying under the radar and that were untouchable that was partaking in his island of, of disgust and underage sex? Yeah, it's all those powerful people who haven't been charged for visit, visiting that island. But again, I, I, I digress. Yeah, I was looking back over on my notes um, regarding his island paradise in the Virgin Islands. And I saw that um, after he bought that property, he immediately started a massive renovation project. So this project was so expansive that it immediately drew suspicion from the local officials. I mean, so it must have been some some serious reconstruction. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, they said that as part of the the renovation, the Epstein even built a boxy blue and white striped structure that he would often refer to as a temple. This temple was surrounded by a terrace with a red labyrinth motif. And many people have speculated that this temple was used as a site for a ritual sexual abuse. And that just that just takes it to the next level. Yeah, why did he need a temple out there? That's bizarre. I mean, he's already on a island, so yeah. So the the man was sick and twisted. Oh yeah, I can't even imagine. I, I we may never fully understand what that temple was, but I tend to agree it was probably used for something really sick. Yeah, 
Ugh, it gives me the whole thing gives me chills, but I, I don't know what, what scares me. I think though, is how many people he could have abused in that temple. What really went on in there? Was it just sexual abuse? I mean, you know, your mind can kind of run rampant, but one thing that is for certain that we do know is that while he was on that property, you know, while he was on little St. James, he was always, 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 always seen with women and usually very young women, teens and younger that were hanging on his arm while he was walking around, prancing around this Island. And, you know, we touched on this just a few minutes ago and it bothers me that so many people, powerful people, celebrities, politicians, they knew that he was a sex offender. They knew about his past conviction and yet they visited the Island anyway. And they said nothing about all of these scantily clad young women, these children that were being paraded around like sexual objects. And they were complicit in this. Yeah, absolutely. And partaking, you know, I mean, I do believe that the locals had their radar up, you know, cause they knew they, what was going on over there. I mean, they saw the temple being built and they, you know, they saw the activity in the sky coming to and from, and they were disgusted by what he was doing. And there were even whispers throughout the Virgin Islands. Uh, the locals were calling Epstein's private jets the Lolita Express. I mean, how how disgusting is that? Well, that just... Ew. And when scuba divers would swim close to the island, Epstein's security guards would reportedly appear to patrol the edge of the water. I mean, people that lived there, they knew this guy was a dirtbag. And almost everyone around him just looked the other way. Uh, how, how does somebody sleep at night when they were the person that was the security guard that was protecting the island so these kids could be abused? They will get their, their reckoning one day. But yeah, I mean, and the people who were on the island, it wasn't like he was the only one there. So I just have to. I, I always go back to that going, mm-hmm. yeah, conveniently he died. I wonder how many other people were on the island that nobody knows about that were, were partaking in these, these children and abusing them. Yes. The whole story just takes you down a rabbit hole of what ifs mm-hmm. and facts, you know, facts and what ifs. Well, I was doing this deep dive into Epstein and I came across this article in Vanity Fair as I was preparing for this episode. And this is going to make you sick. According to Vanity, this Vanity Fair article, a former air traffic controller on St. Thomas could see who Epstein was actually bringing with him on the Lolita Express. And according to the source, on multiple occasions, they saw Epstein exit his helicopter, stand out on the tarmac in full view of the tower, and board his private jet with children, female children. Wow. He was trafficking children, little kids, in broad daylight, and nobody, not one damn person, stopped this man. And it makes me so angry. This uh, sex offender. Yes, this convicted sex offender. Nobody stopped him. Mm -hmm. And I just, I shudder. It's just, how could you not? I, I mean, I feel like I would have had to have done something. But, I mean, I wasn't in that situation. But at the same time, I think... I would just want to go rescue those little babies and say, no, sir. But anyway, the article goes on to say 
and this is a quote from this witness, my colleagues and I definitely talked about how we didn't understand how this guy was still allowed to be around children. We didn't say anything because we figured law enforcement was doing their job. And that's regrettable, but we really didn't even know who to tell or if anyone really even cared. Mm, That's so sad. It is sad. And another person is quoted as saying, I could see him with my own eyes. I compared it to seeing a serial killer in broad daylight. I called it the face of evil. It was like he was flaunting it, they said. It goes on to describe that sometimes the girls, and this part makes me really sad, they would be carrying shopping bags from designers such as Gucci and Dior. And uh, really, I'm getting weepy about that because he was bribing these young girls with these expensive gifts. And you know they felt flattered and excited because... Well, of course. Who's going to get you know Gucci and Dior? And they didn't know that they were being lured into these horrors that would change their lives forever. And I tend to agree with this quote where they said he was the face of evil. I mean, that is true evil. Oh, yeah, that that definitely is. And I even read where these young girls were lounging around with next to nothing on or absolutely nothing on. And Uh. one witness later commented that they often wondered if these girls' mothers knew where they were. And in other documents I found, yeah, another witness described how he often had to refuse Epstein's request to smuggle in female guests by boat without logging their names and passport numbers with the government of St. Thomas. Uh, I mean, wow. wow. Yeah. Welcome to um, human trafficking 2.0 right there. Exactly. So, you know, he would traffic these young girls. And he didn't want any kind of record of it. Although I don't even know why he was concerned about it. No one's going to touch him. That fact alone with him not wanting people to report who was coming and going from the island should scare everyone to death. I mean, how many young girls, how many young children were taken to that island and never seen again? I mean, that's certainly possible especially if Epstein was working to make sure he had any trace of their existence on the island. No one saw him come in. No one's going to see him go out. I mean, he could do whatever he wanted to, and then he's on an island. Just throw him in. I agree. Throw him in the water and and go to the next girl. I I agree. I, I think that there was a reason why. We may never get to the bottom of that, but I mean, I think that that proves that he was capable of anything, Amy. Absolutely capable of anything. He had the money, he had the power, he had the human resources to make it happen. It was like he was God of little St. James. Yeah, he made his own little his own little world. Well, I read through, as I mentioned earlier, all of this complaint by the Virgin Islands Attorney General's office, and there's some more of that report that I want to share. It said between 2001 and 2019, Epstein transported underage girls and young women to the Virgin Islands who were then taken via helicopter or private vessel to Little St. James, where they were deceptively subjected to sexual servitude, forced to engage in sexual acts, and coerced into commercial sexual activity and forced labor. And to accomplish his illegal goals, Epstein formed an association 
with both companies and individuals who were willing to participate in this kind of crap. They were willing to participate in it. They were going to facilitate it for him. And they're also going to help conceal this criminal activity. And they did it in exchange for financial gifts, other kind of gifts and benefits, including, you know, some of those benefits included sexual services and forced labor from these young girls. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. There is no doubt in my mind that Jeffrey Epstein was a monster. Truly a monster. Yeah. And I was even reading on his case and I found several references to this little St. James being just one step in a worldwide web of private flights and ferried sex trafficking victims to places like London, Paris, Tangier, Granada, St. Louis, Palm Beach, Atlantic City, and other places. I mean, it was like it was like a hub for other hubs of sex trafficking. Wow. And some of these victims were as young as age 12. I just can't wrap my, my mind around that. Age 12, he's, he's trafficking to all parts of the world with other girls. I mean, a 12-year-old, they're, they're still playing with dolls. Well, they are. I mean, most of the listeners that were tuned into season one know that I have seven kids. And so I have them of all ages and I have a child that's 10 and a child that's getting ready to turn 12. And I'm sickened to hear this. I can't imagine my children being a part of this because they would be so confused and scared. And oh yeah, I can't, I can't imagine. I, I just cannot imagine it. No, the fear that would have to, to constantly go through their mind is just, just incredible. And, you know, when he had these victims on his island, he controlled everything. They had nowhere to go. I mean, every aspect of their lives he was in charge of. They were prisoners. And at one point, according to one of the documents that I was reading, there was a 15-year-old girl. She tried to escape by swimming. But Epstein organized a search party. He recaptured her and then he confiscated her passport so that she couldn't, she couldn't leave. She's risking her life to swim away from this island. The poor girl would probably not have made it. But now he's taken everything away from her and she's a total prisoner. So it's impossible for these kids to escape. They're on an island. I mean, they're surrounded by water. They couldn't just like run down the street and, and go to their nearest police station. These babies, they were trapped in a human trafficking nightmare. And he purchased properties to shield these crimes. Crimes that are far likely more numerous than we will ever know. Wow. I'm just, I'm trying to picture how hopeless it would feel, how I would feel being stuck on this island. And, and you know that you're risking your life jumping in the ocean to swim to safety, only to be recaptured by a group of pedophile vigilantes working for Epstein. Because let's just call these people what they were. I mean, if they worked for this man, they were pedophiles. Yep, absolutely. A horrible club to belong to. Yeah. This is an awful story. And I have no doubt that this is a story that we're going to continue to cover this season. I mean, I think we've only scratched the surface 
on this report, you know, this is a nightmare. This is the nightmare of human trafficking. And, uh, you know, I know as we prepared for this episode, you know, we determined that we were going to try to keep out a lot of the myths surrounding this case or, you know, as much of the assumptions or the wild and crazy stories that go along with it and really stick to the facts. But there were still so many other things that we haven't included. So I think maybe we should revisit this as the season goes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe add some more. I I can do some more research and see what what else I can find that we can substantiate with facts so that we just don't throw, you know, a whole bunch of smoke out there. But but this is this is serious. And and if this guy could do it because he wasn't that bright, you know, how many other groups are out there taking his lead and doing the same type of thing? I mean, this story, it's just it, it feels so hopeless when you when you read about these kids just surrounded by water and and not being able to escape but you know our audience y'all really need to know that this isn't a crime that solely exists in some deep dark basement you know victims walk around just like we do going to the same restaurants gas stations grocery stores just like everybody else and sometimes they're even surrounded by all the wealth and celebrity status on people's private islands. So if you see something that looks suspicious or just doesn't feel right, and you think that maybe something is is happening, such as human trafficking in that area, please take a moment and call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888. You know, I would rather be wrong and call something in that, you know, later proves that it was it was not what I thought it was than to walk away knowing that maybe some child needed some help. I think it's better to call, like you said, and be wrong about a situation than to avoid making that call, Amy, when it right. could quite honestly save someone's life. I, th- I can't help but think that Epstein could have been stopped sooner had some of these people that had concerns followed through with that gut instinct that something was wrong. How many girls could have been exactly. saved? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Years, years before. And I, I hope that the listeners out there will take a stand and do something. And you can start by continuing to educate yourselves about human trafficking, even outside of these episodes. You know, Deep Dark Secrets isn't just a true crime podcast. It's also, you know, we're focused on advocacy. It's it's about educating and empowering people to protect themselves and others. And so if you want information about human trafficking or you want links to other important resources like the National Human Trafficking Hotline, you can visit our website at deepdarksecretspodcast.com. And as we close out this episode today, I hope that you will um, take a look in your own backyard, maybe look at what resources you've got in your area and get some training on human trafficking and find out how you can get involved so we can put a stop to this heinous industry. And until next time, please stay safe out there and remember... Keep your lights on. For exclusive content from this episode and other episodes, head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash deep dark secrets. Sign up 
and you will receive Deep Dark Secrets merchandise, extra episodes, and much more. For more information about our podcast, visit deepdarksecretspodcast.com. Thank you.